this is Jeff Combs. You're listening to Nightmare Junket. Get a job at a sideshow. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that always reads the fine print before updating any piece of technology my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're combining horror technology and science fiction and talking the twisted results that is lee wanell's recently unleashed upgrade but before we get into that, let me remind you, we are part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. And you can find all of our episodes over at BoomHowdy.com. Or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your USB hole. And it's a nice occasion when we have the opportunity to talk new horror. Yeah. Which is, you know, obviously with our podcast with Nightmare Junkhead, we do focus on a lot of the the old the old the old stuff, the good stuff, but you know, every now and then it's nice to see something new. And 2018 is actually really turning out to be I think going to be kind of a watershed year in horror. Yeah. Based on some of this original material we've received and also based on some of the IPs that are very familiar with horror mm-hmm. fans and the fact that we've recently seen the um, Suspiria mm-hmm. remake trailer and the new Halloween. Yes, and those are both um, I'm excited for. I'm, I am Cautiously, well, optimistically yes. excited. But I've talked about it on the podcast before. I don't think we need to retread a lot of that stuff, especially right. like Halloween and Friday the 13th. Um, Suspiria, I think, is has more potential with that. But honestly, with the trail, I'm really yeah. looking forward and to it now. It's a new story, and so we'll see. And much like our uh, guest we have here on today's episode has mentioned, you know, he's going to probably try to avoid everything from here on out. Uh, but you can hear our next guest as part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. He is the co-host of the Media Rewind Podcast. You've heard him many times here on Nightmare Junket, as well as Nerds of Nostalgia. Welcome back. Dustin Pryor. Howdy, guys. Howdy, sir. Or should I say, boom, howdy, guys. Staying on brand. Staying on brand. Uh, How are things on the Media Rewind podcast? I know you guys are kind of in, like, knee deep into the Badlands right now. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Into the Badlands. And I think we're going to be probably dropping a primer for The Walking Dead coming back because there has been some. Some big news coming yeah, out of there's been you know, a lot, before season nine. There's been some big happenings in Alexandria. Yeah. So, so. and the Badlands. So. And then of course we got Game of Thrones coming up next year. So mm-hmm. oh, come on, hurry up and get that done. So a reason another reason to listen to many of the podcasts here on Boom Howdy. Uh, but was a nice opportunity also because you are it definitely are kind of our intuit into the action genre. You know, Nightmare Junkhead being primarily the horror genre. That's mm-hmm. what we talk about. In fact, today's film I think is interesting because some people may not necessarily qualify it as a horror film. It's yeah, it, it, it's totally a horror. Film. But it's it, yeah, it's, I, it's, 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 a, it's a mixed bag. But we'll get into that. And it's totally a genre yeah. mishmash. In fact, um, this is Lee Wanell, who, if you are familiar with the podcast, um, he is the writer of the original Saw, mm-hmm. uh, Saw Two and Saw Three. He directed Insidious Part Three, and now this is his first gig as a writer slash director. Yeah, and. It's, okay, he, yeah, that's he did great. Yeah. He yeah, this 
Like, he knocked it out of the park with And this. so what but we're going to do with this is we're going to talk non-spoilery initially. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to just give our general thoughts. And then we are going to dive directly into spoilers. And we're going to do this, I think, with the newer released in horror. We normally just dive right in regardless. Right. We're going to try to respect our audience here. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't seen it, this is your opportunity to you know check it out. So we're not going to spoil the film with our review. But you said, Genius, you dug it. Yeah, I dug it immensely. I... Normally, when I get the wool pulled over my eyes, I'm I get like frustrated and angry. But this one was a pleasant surprise. It wasn't anything like I was expecting. Well, and this is a film also that has been built around a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a friend of the podcast, Adrian Torres, had uh, seen it at one of the festivals previously, and was talking all about just how excited he was to hear our reaction to right. it. And we've had some issues with the podcast before with hype yeah. and the issue with hype, especially you, Genius. <laughs> and, and with Adrian. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we still like, love you, Adrian. Yeah, we do. But we, you know you know me and Adrian. Sometimes we don't see eye to eye on movies. But yeah, I mean, just the hype. Because uh, yeah, you know how I get with hype, especially I can get turned off by hype like, like that. Well, yeah. then do you guys, I mean, and then Dustin, so what was your th- initial thought on it? I thought it was very ambitious. I mean, I thought it was an ambitious film, especially considering, you know, all the, the cultural crap that we've got going on now. It could have gone way off the rails and just been like a social satire piece and, you know, yeah. what what everybody is tending to do now with everything that's going on. But, I mean, I thought it was interesting. I mean, it kept my attention during the entire time. Um, I mean, and like you guys said, you know, even though it's a horror film, it does work in the action genre. So, it, I mean, it kind of straddles that line. Well, it straddles the line of definitely hardcore sci-fi. It, exactly. It, it straddles the line of action. And where the horror kicks in, it's subtle horror. It's, it's bits and pieces. Yeah. It's one, the violence and the gore when hit. And we'll get into that, we'll, about that in a minute. But when it hits, it's, it's super gory. And then you have the whole body horror aspect. And so that's where the horror comes into play. Um, I was ex- like I said, I, it wasn't what well, you I was said, expecting. But you, you mentioned you had the wool over your eyes. Something pulled over your eyes. Yeah. What did you initially go in expecting? I was expecting like John Wick. I was expecting insane okay. action because from the trailers, nonstop insane action. Right, nonstop insane action from the trailers. It was like the most adrenaline pumping, blah, 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 right? And I'm like, okay, they said that about Fast and Furious, and I dug it, you know. And but sometimes I, I'm going in expecting, especially something very stylistic. And it showed that it had a lot of style from the trailers. And it was not quite John Wick style, but definitely a lot of, like, trickery and fast movement. So I'm going in thinking, like, okay, it's going to be the Baba Yaga 2.0, you know? (laughs) And it wasn't. It wasn't wasn't anything like that. And I was – normally I'd be like, hmm, but I really dug it. And I – and here's the thing. I'm trying to stay as spoiler-free as as, as – I have a lot of issues with this movie. I really, really do. Um, I could see a lot of the plot points coming a mile away, but what the saving grace for this movie was the ending for me. And I don't want to give it until we we'll, get we'll to get spoiler, into spoilers. Spoiler, but the ending movie just blew, the ending of this movie just blew my mind. Well, let's face I loved it, it. Ultimately, it is it is a genre film yeah. from Blumhouse with kind of a, a modest, well, and not I guess for an independent like about a five million dollar budget, mm-hmm. but they give them creative reins. And in this case, you get, like, I think, Genius, you mentioned, it's almost like the Black Mirror people made a revenge film. It's a slow burn. It's a slow burn action horror movie, you know? And there's only, like, about maybe about six or seven set pieces. Of- I don't even know if there's that. Right. With the huge, with the really big action pieces with the, when the violence is. Right. But they're so well done. They're so well choreographed and so gory that, like... 
And then, the, and so you're, it satisfies that bloodlust that you have expecting going as a genre act, fan, right, right. <laughs> and then, as you know, genius McGee. And, <laughs> but so, but the story was engaging enough between the set pieces. Well, let's talk a little bit about the story because ultimately, what I think serves as it serves as almost like a cautionary tale, yeah. if you will. Um, it's, it was a Black um, Mirror episode. It is. It is. It's a uh, Gray played by uh, Logan Marshall Green, and I'm a fan of his from the movie The Invitation. Mm-hmm. He actually is one of the leads in that one, and he plays basically a technophobe stuck in the, in this you know technology obsessed future. And then the ultimate irony of irony is you know is he's then put in with this whole thing with STEM. You know, he's and again, if you've seen the trailer, we're not spoiling anything. Right. Right. He, he gets in an accident. Mm-hmm. He, uses, he becomes a quadriplegic. Um, a mysterious guy says, hey, I got this machine. I'll put it in your spine. It'll make you walk. And then he gets like ninja powers. Yeah. And it, be- <laughs> and it becomes a revenge film. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what this is. It's almost like a Death Wish. Well, and we were talking about earlier. About- Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> that's again, that's where Skynet happens when Polly gets down with a robot, artificial <laughs> intelligence. But we were talking about um, off mic there, Dustin, about the whole Death Wish remake that Eli Roth did. Right. The fact that neither of us have seen it. Yeah. And I, I don't really have a desire to see it. But then we get a film like Upgrade that in and of itself is a, re- it's a take right. on the genre. The revenge genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you know, a lot of those films, and I, I bag on quite a bit of the, I guess, the rehashes of a lot of the older films that we've come to you know, know and love, you know, Death Wish and Total Recall and Minority Report and all Robo-Cop these other ones. Yeah, Robocop, and, not yeah. Minority Report, but, you know, all these ones that, that were very, very popular, and that, I mean, because we're nostalgic, you know, and, and they're close and near and dear to our heart, mm-hmm. and then when a newer version comes out, you're just like, meh, whatever, but Upgrade is not it pays homage to all of those films, yeah. but it's not those films again. Well, and I, what I really think, it, and we've, we've touched upon it, we haven't actually outright called it, but I mean, it's got a Cronenberg vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got a Verhoeven vibe. Yeah. And it wears those influences just proudly on its sleeve. Mm-hmm. And But I love the fact that it's, like you said, when the violence hits, it really hits. It's very brutal and That gory. first set piece when, and again, when STEM takes over, mm-hmm. It's it's fun to watch, and in our theater, people were because yep. it does get a reaction. And this is a film I think plays better in an audience with a crowd. Absolutely, this is a crowd movie. But also because, like the fact that you said, genius is because there is such a just a turnaround mm-hmm. that it's almost interesting to see the crowd react as well. Yeah, because when that ending happens, it happened. We'll get into that there. Um, but no, it's like I said, it kind of ta- plays like a cautionary tale with our relationship with technology. Exactly. And yeah. let's face it, you know, nowadays, I mean, all we all right now, we have our smartphones out. You know, right. of course, we have all we have we're IMDb, IMDB up. up for, but you know, the and, same day, we're well, all... remember the days before the IMDb and mm-hmm. where our brains were the IMDb beforehand. But, you yeah. know, when we used to have these Saturday night conversations with our buddies and we didn't have the IMDb to go to refer to. You know, it was just word of mouth, but now it's so much easier. Or running to like, I know he's from that movie. Let me run to the shelf. I know it's there. And then like, <laughs> exactly. <look on> the- <laughs> yeah. Back almost like if you had a card catalog, Dewey mm-hmm. Decimal System. Well, <laughs> Dewey De- Decimal? Don't you know the Dewey Decimal <laughs> System? If anything that UHF taught me was the Dewey Decimal right. System and its importance. <laughs> um, but no, this is the other thing um, that I liked as well, as I mentioned a little bit about the cast. Um, but... The main antagonist in this film, genius, what did you call him? Robo McPoyle. So, okay, so you know we love some Always Sunny. I mean, but the guy looks like, okay, it starts in the trailer, the main bad guy. His name is Benedict Hardy. Right. He plays Fisk, right? 
And he looks like Robo McPoyle because he, he's got Rose cybernetics in his in his body. He almost looks like if you had like a half formed Jackie Earl Haley with yeah. just that little right. mustache. Yeah. But he plays like he looks like something almost like out of a Todd Solondz film, like a, like a, just a creepy, totally, just a creep, just a creep with like robot parts. And I think that's what makes he as the bad guy. He makes a very convincing bad guy. Like yeah. he's a pretty he makes a good one in a good genre film. He because he's sleazy enough. He's Ugh. sleazy and creepy, but he's sleazy as a character but if you noticed like everything is prim and proper like yeah. his shirts yeah. are very nice i mean mm-hmm. his shirts are always tucked in his pants are always you know ironed and, and clean he's and very pre- like he's very anal almost yeah. in his outfit but he is he's like he's like salty yeah <laughs> and he's weird he's got a weird philosophy because you don't root for him at all but at the same time you're like I, I, can, yeah. I can, uh, I guess. I don't want you to win because you suck. And if you reach your plan, fuck all that noise. But it's just a lot of different, a lot of different layers in this movie and a lot of different flavors. I really enjoyed the um, set design. The way the future looked was really kind of grounded yet cool. You could see it technically being a realistic looking future. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a mashup between the current and what we could see possibly yeah, 20 yeah. years from now because yeah, like you had a little bit of you know a little bit of technology but you still had like and it was all drone technology yeah. as well and we already have smart fridges we're only a couple of steps away from smart coffee tables uh, how far know? away are we from captain freedom's workout that's what i want right. to know like we ha! are <laughs> and that's the thing though it's it, like i said it does serve as, as a cautionary tale with our relationship with technology yeah. because you know ultimately one of the little side things that you saw were people involved with the little ai mm-hmm. they had their headsets mm-hmm. on and they inquired like why are they doing this and he mentions like it's because it's better than reality yeah and it asks that question and that's all like you know you talk about the black mirror-esque um, is, technolo- is technology better? Is being hooked up to a machine better than going out and living Is ignorance bliss? Right. Mm-hmm. We kind of are anyway. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you guys gone oh, you know, out of the house or whatnot, forgot your cell phone, and you, oh, yeah. you literally feel oh, like yeah. you're naked the entire like, day? You're like, sh- oh my God, what happens if somebody needs to get a hold of me? You know, What happens if I need to... Yeah. And then you're just like, wait a minute, do I really need to check Facebook or Twitter 87,000 times a day? Disconnect yourself. Yeah. You see people doing that all the time now. And yeah. being, not necessarily bragging about it, but just making a thing like, I have, I've got to do that. I'm just so connected to this. Mm-hmm. It's unreal. Well, you know, I mean, it's my, everything in moderation, you know. But, yeah, there's a lot of different... Uh, technology is both the hero and the villain in this story. And we'll get to a little bit more why. But, I mean, this is really... Is it good for us? Because you have one person who has been refusing technology his when you, whole And when he's life. introduced him, he's working on an old-fashioned yep. car. With his hands, and he's mm-hmm. talking about, like, I do this because nobody else is doing it. I'm, I am like, feel like I'm the last man without technology. It's almost, dare I say, like the horror nerds equivalent to practical versus CGI. Right, you know? <laughs> right. And, and then for him to get this accident and for him to lose the left uh, of everything... I mean, how if if you were in that situation, I would jump at the chance of getting stemmed. You of know, course. even with the ramifications that it brings later, I would still be like, "Fuck yeah, give it to me." You know. Well, and it's even in the trailer. But when that first set piece happens, when and you hear it in the trailer, like you know, I need your permission to take over completely. Mm-hmm. It is such a guttural reaction the first time you see it because it is that great action set piece. Yeah. yeah. And the and we'll just say that it just happens to involve a butcher knife, and I dare we see something anything like that in the new Halloween film. Right. But man, when that hit, everyone erupted. You know, you get that visceral reaction. Yeah. 
but it's only upon reflection, you know, that you look back at everything and you, it's like, well, what cost is it to just be completely let over, you know, be taken over? Well, and we don't even get the first action set piece until like about 30, 40 minutes into the movie. I mean, it's definitely a long, slow burn, but it's a very interesting payoff and concept. Well, they, they built up the characters quite yeah. a bit, too, yeah. in, in the beginning yeah. of the, the, the movie, because, I mean, they could have jumped into, you know, a, a fight sequence or, you know, a choreographed fight or whatnot, but I think it would have... I think it would have taken away from the movie. I think so too. Because at that point, you're already invested with the main character. You're right. already invested in the plight that he went through. He's an everyman at this point. And mm -hmm. if exactly. you start seeing yeah. kicking a lot of ass, then you'd be like, man, I don't relate to him. Like, I have no nothing in common but a love of dogs with John Wick. <laughs> you know That's what I'm saying? True. And so, like, I can't relate to John Wick. I could kind of relate to this dude, you know, because he's just a Joe Schmo. And so, yep. and going back to the set design, um, the guy's house, the one I think his name is, I want to call him Elon Musk, but like the Elon Musk character it was rad. It was fucking dope. It was super dope. The way they had to go in through the, um, like it was almost as if you were descending into, into the ocean. It, yeah. It was a super villain's lair. Yes, it, really, it was. It I mean, totally that, was. That's literally the first time we saw that. That's what I thought it was. I was like, what is he going to like the Legion of doom? Right. I mean, Meanwhile. Yeah, no. And it's, it's one of those things that I didn't even think about that. I just thought, like, kind of you, genius, it was a cool pad. Not even, of course it's a bad guy's lair or an evil genius. But, I mean, yeah. I, can, I, can I throw this out to you? Is it kind of like descending into hell? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. He's absolutely going he's, after Persephone. He's going, I saw him going down the rabbit hole. There you go. That's, yeah. that's what I was equating with because even the pyres look like rabbit ears. And so I'm like, uh, I don't know if it was a Matrix shout out or like right. the technology rabbit hole metaphor, which is, yeah. But that's that's where I got it. And I think that's one cool thing about this movie that it's so stylistic and so it's so it's not what I expected that I was caught way off guard and it just let me soak it all in you know well before we get into spoilers yeah. uh, what did you initially think of when stem is introduced because i had, didn't realize it almost played like a buddy cop kind of movie that first introduction yeah. and it it number one it played with some levity like it actually made yeah. everyone laugh which stem was, was great funny. yes stem was funny he had he really had jokes and yeah, so, because, you know, you get Stem with his very proper voice and he's just like, dude, yeah, you have my permission, you know, and but it, it's it's very interesting to see for, you know, we, we're talking about like the, the melting between man and machine and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You literally have a lot of like the I guess the the precursor for what could be set up now. I mean, you've got, you know, people that, that, that have lost appendages yeah. being able to play the piano just yep. by nerve and whatnot. So. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because it, it, it's like 10 minutes into the future. You know what I'm saying? Um, but going over back to another thing that I liked about this movie, and especially in particular the STEM aspect, the way the main guy moved when he was not in control mm -hmm. and his body moved, but he still had the expression of like, holy shit, what's happening? It was almost it was it was it was the best use of like something's wrong with my body since Bruce Campbell. He really, the physical yeah. acting in that cannot be understated. Right. Because the look on his face is that mixture of Holy like, shit. <laughs> yes. And his, and his body movements, and even was, super robotic. It was efficient. Right. It, there was just nothing wasted. And mm -hmm. of course, if you have this artificial intelligent computer controlling you, of course it's going to be as efficient as possible. Exactly. You know, there is no fat to it. It is all meat. Yeah. But credit to the, credit to the actor, because you could definitely tell 
two people were inhabiting his body. Yeah. And and uh, you guys, Verhoeven, Robocop, he gives kind of almost a Peter Weller-esque performance. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. Especially the way he like the way he moves when he turns his head to give the profile. I was like, that's total fucking Robocop. So this this movie wears its homages on its sleeve, but they're hidden. So let me ask you this: as because as we are nerds of nostalgia, do you have to be a fan of like '80s genre to enjoy this film? I would say absolutely not. Okay. Nah, I mean yeah. going into it completely dry. I mean I just went into it, you know, because Adrian had told us about it, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, come on, do this, you know, check this out." So I was thinking it was going to be an action kind of set piece, and then right. when, and then when everything kind of broke out, I mean, just like you said, the the robotic motions, but you get a very animated facial expression mm-hmm. during every part of it. I mean, that's a huge kudos tough to, to, to him being able yeah, to do is. that because, I mean, it took probably a lot of dance lessons mm-hmm. to be able to do that, like popping and locking, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of you know, mime probably. And so, a lot of concentration. Oh, absolutely. To be able to not, like, put your face into what you're moving, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And it just adds to the fun level. And again, almost that escapist wish. They're like, "Oh, wouldn't it be badass if all of a sudden I'm I'm a ninja?" Right. No, I'm really good, but not a ninja. And a lot of the things and the the, the um, <clears throat> we're not quite going into spoiler yet. But a lot of the cool things that um the bad guys could do, I thought was extremely interesting. Especially the um, mini the 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 cough grenade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the snot rocket. That in itself was pretty badass. Well, yeah. just the fact that just that total invasive thing of that guy putting shells into his into arm. His arm yeah. uses oh. his wrist as a gun, and like he was doing the full like like Iron Man, and reload it and cock it and everything, and then the snot rocket. And since this is, if you haven't seen it yet, the snot rocket is this dope, dope shit where the the bad guy, uh, Robo McPoyle, he sneezes and like these little nanobots yep. with like sickles invade your sinuses and like destroy you from the inside, like the Ark, you know. <laughs> Don't look into it. Don't look into right? it. It's it's sneeze guard, man. It's creative. I haven't seen that before. No. <laughs> sneeze guard. You walk around like a big piece of plastic in front of your face, like a right? salad bar. No, McPoyle, I won't drink your milk. Bring right me now. the rice. Every, everyone needs ah. a nemesis. Uh, <laughs> so, final thoughts here before we, because we, I want to go into some spoilery territory here, because yeah. you know the ending of this film we need to talk about. And I have beasts with this movie, but it's not. I can't get into my beasts without spoilers. That's okay. So, would you recommend seeing this, Dustin? Absolutely. I would say see it with a crowd, though, because yep. the the reaction that you get in kind of unison at the different parts that we're hinting at mm-hmm. are is it, it's an incredible reaction to have with the crowd. Yeah. Indeed. Genius. Uh, don't go in expecting balls out action. There you yep. go. Go in expecting black mirror and you will love it. If you go in expecting like John wick, you're going to, yeah, you might not dig it. So, and this, this has cult classic written all over. Oh, yeah. This is one of those oh, films. Yeah. I'm glad we got to see in a theater and here in the Kansas City area, I'm just again shout out to Screenland Theaters, uh, mm-hmm. shout out to our local Alamo. We're very fortunate to be able to see these films. I, yeah. I speaking of revenge films, I got to see Revenge in the theater. I want to see that. And these are films that I'm glad because even back in the day, we always talk about having like those bragging rights, you know, films mm-hmm. you yep. saw in the theater. Oh yeah. I'm glad I got to say I saw this in the theater because this is destined to hit Blu-ray and, and become. It's going bl- to blow up once it hits Redbox and people are like, oh, I didn't get a chance to see it. I want to see it. Like, oh. So jump on your chance to see it as soon as you can. Yeah. Now that being said let's get into spoilers mm-hmm. let's oh, thank god <laughs> right okay we're... because holy shit the ending of this movie yeah is so dour and depressing 
And it just, you, I did not see that part coming. But see, okay, so that's the thing. That, the ending part was a saving grace for me because halfway through the middle, I figured out everything. Yep. Except the twist at the end. I figured out, okay, it's really... It's an evil genius, of yep, course. The evil he's the genius, bad guy. The, the one who lives in the supervillain lair, of course, is a fucking supervillain, right? He's the one pulling all the strings. Um, I was like, okay, that's fucking cheesy. I've seen it before. To the point where like, I was almost getting like, do something different. Mm-hmm. Wow me. So far, I'm up to there. You, you, then you turn into a cartoon, right? But then when you find out who the main villain is, who the real villain is... Pull, literally pulling all the strings, you're like, holy shit, that is amazing. I I was so impressed and so like, I did not expect that. Like if Harvey mixed with Hal nine thousand, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like controlling all your body fat with a little regarding Henry in there as right, well. Right? I can't open the back door, bay Hal, <laughs> but I gotta poop, you know. So like, <laughs> well, and then ultimately you do find out that yeah, Stem was behind the entire thing yeah. from the killing of his wife to his para- being paralyzed, all to the point where it will give Stem the opportunity to become. Sentient. 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 And he picked him because he was the only one off the fucking grid. He was off the grid. He didn't have anything implanted or anything along those lines. And it's that ultimate irony. And then the most sad thing, though, is they're always talking about that stem... Although initially was taken over, wasn't completely taken over because he still had like mental yep. faculty. Yep. And it wasn't until the part where he goes, I need your permission to take control. But what when the horror kicked in is when Stem says, you know, I can do whatever I want. Oh, let's talk about that scene, that torture scene when he's trying to get and it's God, it almost plays. And again, another revenge film plays a little bit like the crow as well. Yeah. But when he's basically torturing the guy for information and Gray himself, he's like, I can't do this. And then, of course, Stem says, oh, I can do it. Oh, yeah. No you don't problem. even have to look. Right. Which, in and of itself, right there, is, is he really responsible for that? I don't know, Again, man. that's where those really weird questions come into play with this but, film, but I think kind of elevates it and gives it that Black Mirror-esque. Yeah, that whole line, you don't even have to look. And it's like, oh, Ooh. shit, you are See, evil. And, and the only the only thing I've got is that, that fight sequence with Robo McPoyle. <laughs> you know, when, when Stem has kind of the throwaway line, he goes, he, he's he, going too fast for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't tell where he, I can't hit him. He goes, may I have your permission to take over? And it's just like, you know Stem could catch up to him. Yeah. You know, so he wanted to take so complete a trap. control. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, if if Stem was pulling the strings, you know, for everything or, you know, setting everybody up, I mean, mm-hmm. you knew that he saw that coming. And then Robo McPoyle with his, like, weird Magneto thing where he wanted the robotic people, the, the cyborg, well, cyborgs, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Like, right. Homo superior, take, if you will. To take over the country and the world. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Yeah, but I wouldn't follow Robo McPoyle, you know? Never you wouldn't have a power. choice. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Not if I had robot things. He can't control my robot things. He can control everything. But STEM? Ugh. And the action was super fucking gory. The torture scene was super gory. The um, Let's talk about that first action set yes. piece with the butcher knife. Would yeah. make everybody in the theater go, woo! Because when there's, it's even in the, again in the trailer, you get, there's a Red Band trailer that they released, which was actually a lot of fun because it did show you all the, the gory stuff, mm-hmm. the crowd pleasing stuff. And it has that line, he's got a knife, well, so do we. And he immediately takes yep. it. And then, holy God. That was some such severe trauma. Why so serious? <laughs> Indeed. That was something straight out of just a Jallo film. Yes, I mean, it, it was. was. Yep. And honestly, yes, even was. the way that this film was shot with shot, some of the reds, yeah. 
you can definitely feel kind of, the, oh, dare I say, an international influence on it as well. Absolutely. No, but the, the, again, the ending, though, when he finally... You get bits oh, and no, pieces. Before, another gore set piece when him and Robo McPoyle are fighting, and, and not the uh, the henchman Robo McPoyle when he cocks oh. and loads the dude's gun into and his sh- shoots himself right in the fucking face. That was intense. That was intense and gory. I was like, God damn, that is a great head explosion. Where does that rank now in the pantheon? Is it like in Maniac, Dawn of the Dead? It, it was up there because it was a good just juicy and it was quick kill mm-hmm. very yeah quick. It, it wasn't like one of those things where you see it kind of setting up you just all of a sudden he kind of turns his hand and then boom you're like whoa okay that's one thing i don't want to say it was almost too quick but like a little bit more a little less shaky cam and a little bit more flowy would have yeah. been a really I improvement I, w- I need that john wick-esque aesthetic yeah that, yeah you know long shots because it does take away from that um yeah, it's it's pretty incredible when that happens, and I'll get all the effects as well, mostly practical. Yeah, that's yeah. the other thing. That's another great thing. Yeah, yeah. and that's awesome. Yes, which again goes there was to, good shit, and like some of the robotics that they had was dope. Well, even there was the, the um, eyeballs, the the dissection scene as well when they're talking about hardcore. how everything was integrated. Yeah. They're pulling out, like, the fiber optic cables out of the, the cadaver. And, again, I got just such a Cronenberg vibe. Yeah. I mean, this could be, like, the tangential connective tissue cousin to... Existence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Videodrome, anything along those lines. Because, again, it just shows you the fragility of the human body. Mm-hmm. And we're all just meat sacks. And then when you add a little, you know, technology to it... Negative. I am a frozen... <laughs> I'm a meat popsicle. <laughs> but, ultimately, though, you get bits and pieces of flashbacks to his wife. Mm-hmm. And there's these little elements where they just seem to be together again. Mm-hmm. And it only lasts for a second. He always comes out of it. So you don't know if it's like some sort of PTSD that he's dealing with. Right. And as it turns out, as we learn later, uh, it's once again, STEM. STEM yeah. pulling, the str- pulling the heartstrings on this oh, one. Oh, the literal heartstrings. Yeah, because STEM is inside his mind. And at the ending... I Okay, so <laughs> when, such- when it was like, I knew it was the rich guy. And I'm like, that, come on, that was so telegraphed. But I'm glad they telegraphed it because if they didn't telegraph it, then I wouldn't got the will pull over my mm-hmm. eyes. And so, well, is STEM also known as like Kaiser Soze somehow? Yeah. <laughs> Just Cyber Soze. Cyber Soze. <laughs> top notch. Top notch. No, I agree, and I think this is a film that will reward the rewatch mm-hmm. because you are going to be looking for those things. Now, that being said. Of course, people online are like, well, there's this particular plot hole. And, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. and it's like, no, listen, it's a 90-minute, thank you, Lee wan making a nice, efficient 90-minute genre film mm-hmm. right. that is fun, made you think a little. And the ending is so fucking sad. It's sad. It, it really is. so it's, sad. And here's your big spoiler. Our hero loses. Yeah. It's yeah. not Humanity a good ending. Humanity basically loses. Yeah. And it's also interesting. You could almost extend this universe if you wanted to. Oh, absolutely. It won't happen. You know, it's, it's a nice little... Exactly. Good little Blumhouse production that hopefully will make its money back, you know, on Blu-ray, home video. Mm-hmm. But it does lend itself to what happens Robo with Robopocalypse yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So, I I, I don't know. I but just, the, the, way, the way Stem dispatches the dude, it's just... He, it's, it's an afterthought. It's so it's he, heart-wrenching. He looks at humanity just as we are sub-creatures. Yeah. Like, he's better off just in his own mind. Yeah, he's fine. It's that whole blue or red pill moment with the Matrix. Yep. Mm-hmm. And would he take the blue pill? 
ultimately. And yeah. I, and I, and the, like, I was sitting there like, <gasps> like my mouth agape. I was just like, and that's again well, the reaction that people had. Was the intense. only question I have for you guys, though, is, is, is that really oh, a is bad it? thing for him? You know, because I mean, he really has right. everything See, back that he wants. That's another thing. That's the, that that weird shade of gray. Mm-hmm. Like nothing is really. It's both a blessing and a curse. You know. It's but yeah. You know, after after we saw, you know, I kind of took it back and we we said, you know, hey, we're gonna go ahead and talk about mm-hmm. it and whatnot. And I, I really needed that extra day to think about it because. When I got out of the movie, I'm just like, oh, okay, that was kind of cool. You know, I, I, I didn't see the ending, but I did see the the quasi ending. Okay. But then when I got to thinking about it, I was like, is this really a bad thing for him? Yeah. You know, because he, he's able to he's, go, he got return what he back wants. to his old life. Mm-hmm. He has his wife back. But you know? it's still, it's not. It's dark. That's no, the that's, thing. It's it's his, it's what he wants. It's his virtual it's reality. Not, mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, I mean, it is a constant loop. Does he live his life in a gif? I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? That's that's where I was like, oh, what happens when, See, and, like... Well, that's interesting. Then sad, dare I say, the Cenobite of films, you know, angel to some, demons to other. Uh-huh. Some people can probably take a look at that and go, well, you know what? You're right. He, If he doesn't, he'll be paralyzed. Yep. He'll have, you know, he, he himself tries to kill himself, like, multiple times throughout yes. the film. Which is actually, it's not funny, but it does but... lose some of the levity. Because when he tries to kill himself, like, and that thing's like, nope, I'm going to call the, you know, cops yeah. on you, you're fine. He's like, fuck. Well, then yeah. let me pose this to you then, genius. If if you're saying, you know, hey, that could be a bad thing or a good thing, you've always had the the like the primal fear of losing your voice. Yeah, because you're you're a funny guy. So let me let me pose that to you. If you had the option, and you know, far into the future, right, you lose your voice, or you're able to live in some type of you know augmented reality where oh. you still have your voice, but you have no control over you. Ooh. Because, well, because me decides what my voice would say. You know what I'm saying? No, I mean, like, you're completely separated from it. Like, you don't know that you're separated from it. All you know is you've got your voice back. Yeah. I mean, I would, but I know that... And then let me ask you, Greg. It's too good to be true. You you lose your eyes. You're not able to watch any more movies. What, What would you do? I mean, would you would you go for that? that it's so easy to say, oh, no, I take the, the right, value. Right, right. When, but when but the no, shit when, hits the fan, you're like, oh, fuck. What do they know? say? There's no atheist in the foxhole? Yeah. It's the same thing. No, it would be so tough. And it's that's what I love about this film, though. And I think that's what could technically elevate it yeah, and also give exactly. it that kind of cult status. Thinking man genre. Yes. And because it's, it's a thinking man. It's a think piece set in this gritty cyberpunk like violent package and something else that you said and i had we all i think we all had to we needed a day yeah we needed time needed to, to marinate it we yeah. needed time to think about it because like on the first side it's like oh yeah it's cool but then after day later i'm like yeah that movie was great you know i was like yep. thinking back on it and what it was trying to say and how it said it and yeah. the package it all totally delivered it was like that movie was way better than i expected you know because it you could you could technically probably show a film like this on like an intro to philosophy yep. class which is what i love about it because ultimately if you don't want to look into some of the philosophical stuff that lies in it you still get a great action film mm-hmm. sci-fi film body horror yep. regardless but then if you are into that kind of stuff man it just elevates it or yeah. even if you're not necessarily into that you know the violence the horror the sci-fi you can still take it and pose these different like you know it's like a thinking man set piece your genre film, but with giving you the option whether you want to think about it or not. True. You know? Yeah. The choose your own adventure of genre movies. Yeah. Because, like, if you're like, oh, I just want to see people getting eviscerated. Cool. You know? I'm done. Yeah. I want a real smart, a, a dour set piece about a robot apocalypse and t- losing facilities in my own body. There you go. So, 
for for me it'd be like a mashup between Gattaca and James Wick. Not John Wick, James, James Wick. Wick. It's kind of like John Wick Light. <laughs> I like that. That I is do good. Too. It was a, I mean when the cuz when the action hit, it hit it hard. Hit. Yeah. But there was only 3 I think there were maybe about three or four. four, yeah. Like a car chase scene and then three actual murders and mm-hmm. then the finale. So, And again, that probably goes to the budget, I'm sure. And right. it's a credit to Lee Wanell and what he was able to do yeah, and, with what he had. And I think if it would have been like him killing millions of henchmen, it would have been over the top and ridiculous. Right. This was just... It was very low-key, low stakes yeah. for the most part. It was very intimate is what it was. And grounded. Even yeah. though it's in the future with about like c- cybernetic people, it still it brought up a lot of questions that we're thinking about now. Absolutely. So, now, can I ask you guys this question then? Do you think this would be the same type of movie if it had a larger named actor as the lead? And I mean, that's that's not shit. Like, no, no, that's not shit. No, put, no. put Tom Cruise in this film, right? And you have a, a multi-million dollar yeah. blockbuster. But then I also but, think you ultimately lose some of the freedom you get with a Blumhouse production, yeah. right. And someone that is less known. And we might not get what I thought was his impeccable like pantomiming skills right his body movements there was so many scenes where he's like freaking out screaming in anguish because he doesn't know what the fuck is going on meanwhile his body is eviscerating all these people there was actual scenes that was levity i mean just his fun and i mean there was so i think if we had a different actor it wouldn't be Right. I mean, I don't want to say all the other actors were probably interplaceable because, like, the Elon Musk guy, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's the um, blonde hair. I did like the cop, though. Yeah. Well, of course, uh, Betty Gabriel. Yeah. She, now, she actually, she is pretty much like a Blumhouse regular at this point. Yeah. Uh, Purge, the, yes. Get yep. out. Get out. And, yeah. she, and she's a phenomenal actor. And that's the other thing as well. And I think that's kind of unfortunate is her character really gets set to the side. Yeah. And the female presence in this film is not big no um which you again if you want to nitpick that's fine you could have had a, a woman in the role of gray absolutely yeah. you know absolutely but yeah but i mean the roles could have been totally reversed and it yeah. still would have been it still would have been fine yeah so uh final thoughts on upgrade before we're, what we're going to do before we talk out here we're going to talk about some like uh, body horror films or just you know films in general that if you like you will like upgrade so mm-hmm. dustin final thoughts on upgrade I liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And the more I got to thinking about it, the more I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, it, it was completely against what I thought it was going to be going into it. You know, just like Genius had said, you you were thinking John Wick and you got more of a thinking Wick, you yep. know? so John Think. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. Uh, like I say, yeah, don't go in expecting balls out. Yeah. Go in expecting a black mirror, and you'll and you'll dig it. You'll dig it immensely. Yeah, I agree 110% here. So what we're going to do here is we're going to close things out with, again, some body horror films, some revenge films, basically films that if you enjoy what we're talking about, you're going to dig upgrade and vice versa. So, mm-hmm. Genius, you had a few there on the list there. Let's let's dig into those. Um, Starting off, you can't have, talk about body horror without Videodrome. Yeah. I mean, and this... Technology, once again, I mean, it's a perfect, it's a companion piece because well, the fear of technology and your body betraying you and like farewell the new flesh, yeah. you know? And we had the opportunity, we saw this in the theater about two years ago, and mm-hmm. in this movie, Videodrome still holds still up. Still plays well. You know, and if you can get beyond James Woods and, you know, his everyday politics, obviously, um, but it's still, all you have to do is replace like television with the internet in Videodrome, and it's more, more relevant today than it was then. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, and again, Cronenberg is all over Upgrade. Yeah. Just from top to bottom there. So, no, absolutely. Videodrome, phenomenal choice. 
Um, and I will say this, and again, I mentioned that I was able to see it, but if you, you need to check out Revenge, it is such a weird, again, kind of a genre mishmash, um, because it's done it's done tastefully, mm-hmm. um, especially the revenge element to it, and that's what I love with Upgrade. And you know, we made it about almost forty minutes in, and no one's made an idiocracy joke with Upgrade. I'm very impressed with us, hey, gentlemen. Butt fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes the street. There, the there, there went. There went. <laughs> but ultimately, there is a scene in Revenge that play that makes it not necessarily a cartoony movie. But it's one of those films, almost like in Flash Gordon, where you either accept the cheese or you don't. And <laughs> either you're okay or you're lactose intolerant. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and there's a moment in Revenge that when I saw it, I, I wanted to do one of those, yeah! Mm-hmm. But with the nature of a film like that, and as harsh yeah, as it was, I yeah. didn't want to do that as well. But I was like, God damn, why did... It, how was I, you know, inspired to do that? It was the ultimate in cognitive dissonance. But check that one out if you can. It you will not go wrong with that. Um, another good body horror and revenge film, American Mary. Ah, ticking off all the, the the things there. Yeah, it's because that's kind of a slow burn movie too, um, and it's hardcore revenge. And it's got a lot of weird body horror in it, like the whole the whole body. Um, Morphing. Oh, the body, yeah, the body yep. transmorphication, is, and it is just, and the way she does it with such surgical precision. precision. Yeah. Well, and that's it's appropriate that the Soskas did that because they're actually doing. And speaking of Cronenberg, Cronenberg, yeah, they're, they're responsible for the the rabid remake. Don't dream it. <laughs> that's more shivers. That was shivers. That was but, shivers. But there's you know, always still Marilyn Chambers and like fucking. Well, something we always talk about with with on the podcast with Cronenberg is you know you got like three main phases. There's like classic Cronenberg, which is your Videodrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's creepy Cronenberg, which, which is, is Shivers and yeah. Rabbit, my my personal favorite. And then you got like contemporary Cronenberg, which is you know some of the more newer stuff. Right. And then sometimes they all Cronenberg together because <laughs> yeah, it's Cronenberg. <laughs> because it's Cronenberg. But right. I love how the, his influence is all because when you think body horror. You th- Think of Cronenberg. It's just it's just one one in the same, mm-hmm. definitely. In fact, I would actually go as far as um, one to go and check out if you really did if you dig on Upgrade is a uh, and you mentioned for his Existence, mm-hmm. which is one I think is kind of it's more contemporary Cronenberg. Yeah, but it takes elements of some of the classic the classic as well because it's ooey gooey with the with the creatures with a little like bone fish gun yeah. that they put together, and of course Jennifer Jason Lee, one of my favorite actors. It's definitely go and check that one out. Um, can I go with the easy one? Yeah, the one that freaked me out as a kid. Huh. The entire Alien franchise. Ooh, ooh. ooh. I mean, yeah. you know, not just working as a sci-fi horror, but I mean, just the. I funny story. I had indigestion one time when I was a kid, right after watching Alien. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. I shit you not. I thought I was gonna have a chest burster rip through my skin. I was like, oh my god, this is this hurts so bad. Turned out it was heartburn. Just need some tum to tum tum tums. That tells you the, the the power of cinema, though. Exactly, when, right? When you see those kind of movies yep. at a young age, fucking chest bursters, man. Well, and goddamn, just the total body betrayal yeah. of mm-hmm. that. Just the just the uh, the violation that happens, and of course, the professional reactor Veronica Cartwright, mm-hmm. always good in that one. No, and all of them actually. In fact, I I want going back and like revisiting like Alien Three, Alien Resurrection. I know they're not everyone's favorites, but I still find some merit in those. Yeah. 
They may not be perfect, but Alien Resurrection had some good stuff. I mean, yeah, you, you want to talk about Paul a, Ron Perlman? I mean, you exactly. want to talk about a Cronenbergian finish with that film when yeah. that whole the hybrid oh. alien queen Sigour, Sigourney alien just it had a nose. It was yeah. the nose that bothered <laughs> it me. It was weird. It was so weird. We'll do a we'll do a couple more round table here. Next one there, genius. Um. Okay. So, like I said in the podcast, the way he moved when his body betrayed me reminded me of Evil Dead Two. Like the whole farewell to arms scene, because like Bruce Campbell is a master at that, and this guy did really fucking well. He really did. That's I mean, like he's gonna be up there in the whole like kind of like pantheon pantheon of of people beating the shit out of themselves, right? (laughs) Just like (laughs) so. No, I think yeah. So Evil Dead Two. If you like that, you're gonna like this. I would agree. I would agree. Um, I'm gonna go with her. And I know, I know that's not a genre film, but her, 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 <laughs> not even the Arrested Development, Do you but call like a mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll never be sick of you. That's uh, her. I like actually. Oh, and I know it's not necessarily a body horror film. No, but it's... but I think it ties in with the upgrade thing. But again, our reliance on technology, and also as a lonely introvert, socially awkward guy myself. I identified with a lot of that stuff, and then just the interaction he had with the Scarlett Johansson thing, but you totally get that with STEM and Upgrade. Question, would you have a companion implanted in you? Like, if STEM wouldn't take over your body, but was just kind of there talking to you, would you do it? Like, if I had, like, a like a Siri in my head? Yeah. Mm. But, like, a, kind of with its own sentience. But if sentience. it was Scarlett Johansson's voice? Well, yeah, that's true. Easy. Yes. No, you know what? No, I'd... the problem is someone's going to hack it, and it's going to be Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> Why are you touching yourself? Are you thinking about me? I'm like, oh, stop it. Get out of my head. And I'm sitting there with a screwdriver trying to like jam it into my skull. Get out of here, Gilbert. I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. Yeah. If you don't do this, I'm going to make you shit your pants. I'm like, oh. Goes south really quickly there. So, the Dustin. aristocrats. <laughs> wow. Final pick there, Dustin. The easy one. The fly. Oh, always oh, creep me out. Bravo, bravo. Yeah, I, I, I love Jack Goldblum, but oh my God, that transformation is just... I don't. I think it was the fingernails yeah. that got me the yeah. most upon rewatch of that one, but also the sadness. Yeah. You want to talk about a film, also upgrade very sad, The Fly, spoiler for, you know... Super sad. Oh. Spoiler for a 32-year-old yeah, movie. And honestly, I think it's also like that Howard Shore score that mm-hmm. really just elevates it, but that last shot when he's pulling up the gun... Ah, oh, ah, oh. and then no. ultimately the birthing scene as well after that. But Ugh. also the Fly Two, Chris Wallace directed the guy that did the special effects of the first one. Check that one out. It's it's actually kind of an undeser- it's an underrated sequel. They should have called it the Fly also instead of the Fly Two. The Fly as well. Yeah. The Fly, <laughs> the fly también. <laughs> Roll off another couple here, there, genius, and we're gonna wrap this up. Um, my last one. Uh, it's gonna be a body horror, but since we're doing futuristic body horror, I might as well go from beyond. A little gooey and gory. Uh-huh, a little Doctor Pretarius. <laughs> a film that I don't think enough people have seen. I think if people think like uh, Gordon and um, Stuart, uh, Stuart Combs and, and Jeffrey Combs, Jeffrey Combs, yeah, mm-hmm. they always think Reanimator. We know what bumper's going on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> I agree. It's also got when that scene with the pineal the, gland. Yes, when that comes Ew. out, that is oh. so fucking gory. But 
It also like that's juicy and gory, and this upgrade was had really juicy, gory scenes too. Absolutely, so. and uh, you cannot go wrong with Barbara Crampton in that one. No, you cannot. We are still here. <laughs> <laughs> and Ken Forey in his in his little ready tidy ones right? there, just classic. <laughs> so my final pick is one from the '90s, and one I think we might be talking about in next year's um, in the mouth of March Madness tournament. But it's uh, one I've always enjoyed. It's straight body horror, but it's also comedy. Uh, Idle Hands. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Sweet. That was actually on my list. I saw it in the theater. Had a blast with it. It was mm-hmm. so much fun. And it's again, it's a it's straight more horror comedy, mm-hmm. but it does have those the body, body betrayal. Yes. I mean, your hands not no longer yours, and you have to cut it off and then kill your own fucking hand, or take out a what's his bucket from the uh, offspring as well. <laughs> yeah, and just with a good uh, a good scalping. Also, great use of Ace Frehley's back in the New York Groove <laughs> song in that one with the uh, couple. Making out in the kiss makeup, all time classic. Uh, but no, uh, you know, hit up what you know body horror films did we miss out? Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. Uh, Dustin, thanks for taking the time mm-hmm. talking oh, with I us, man. It. I love talking movies with you guys. Of course, as but always. I am surprised that Genius didn't mention Slither. No, it was um, something it was, wrong. With no, the, I, there was a, there's a look at this list. He's dude. got a long list. Long list. You, you like, do have a CVS receipt over and, there. Yeah, and well, so I was like, we're we're talking about upgrade, and so let me... <laughs> but ultimately, in true body horror esque fashion, we are in the basement. The air conditioner's off. We're all sweating a little, so I want to make sure we don't like meld into our microphones right? and become just one like with it. Fucking society, just some like a a microphone shunting, if you will. So along with the new pod. <laughs> <laughs> so until next week, gang. Uh, this is great. I'm I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. Bye.